original Red Pill Show. Welcome to a brand new episode. of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Enjoy them as much as any bloke. But in the spirit of commemoration, thereby those important events of the past, usually associated with someone's death or the end of some awful bloody struggle, are celebrated with a nice holiday. I thought we could mark this November the 5th, a day that is sadly no longer remembered, by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me I think. Expect even now, orders are being shouted into telephones, and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's chance us Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? You designed it, sir. You wanted it foolproof. You taught me every television in London. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and submitting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others. They will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Look, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Move south. 
to find Navia. Let Crixus and the other Gauls chase lost hope. Sparica! The decision's being made. We must stand as one. Or fall. Divided. A lesson hard learned. Shackle will be struck from every slave upon our path. We will see our numbers grow. And when they have become legion, we will face Glaber and the hordes of Rome again. And the gods shall weep for their suffering. Good morning, kids. Welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red Pill Show. Today is January 1st. No, yeah, 1st. 
Good way to start the year. I don't even know what day it is. January 1st, Sunday, 2023. This show is for entertainment, educational purposes only. Please use your own risk. Show is copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution Network. Uh, what else? Has some coffee. Ah, wake up. No part of it can be reused, rebroadcasted in any way, shape, or form, or we will come and bury you alive without that permission. Finally, the show's opinionated. The host, me, especially, callers, guests, people, uh, I'm going to enter. I don't think I interviewed one person last year. I could be wrong, but I don't think I have. That's going to change, though. Uh, people, whatever, callers, guests, people that are naughty in the chat room are and always will be opinionated. Under no circumstances whatsoever should opinions be taken as advice. If you're seeking professional advice, strongly encourage you to hire a license if required person in his uh, field there, little Tommy. Hey, man. No, that's his name, broadcasting live from what is uh, a little more balmier than before, temperature-wise. The wonderful state of Colorado, where uh, somebody last night said he was carrying a bunch of crap in a bag, and he's like, well, I better get used to this because they're you can't get plastic bags anymore at the grocery store. And I'm like, what? Is that here in Colorado? Just Colorado? He goes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we don't got bigger fucking... I'm not going to get a rant already. But we got bigger problems than fucking plastic bags. Like masks getting caught on... Sea, I was going to say seafood. That's what it ends up being anyway. But fish in the ocean and uh, the quote-unquote lakes out here, which are nothing more than retention ponds, but whatever. Got people starving to death, homeless people, people hooked on meth, cult, this, that, whatever. And you know what? I declare that getting rid of plastic bags is going to save the state of Colorado. Colorado. Mountains. That's a great, what great leadership. I don't even want to get into it. I just think really fucking really, oh my God. Uh, 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 so here comes 2023. Here is 2023. Is it a Mack truck or is it a nice Cadillac stretch limousine with a bunch of strippers and we're just going to party our asses off? I don't know. 2022 was not a good year. I have to um, respond to people because they're saying Happy New Year, so I'm sorry. Happy New Year. God, I hope so. 
So, yeah, 2022 sucked. I mean, there was some, I was talking to a friend last night. I went to a, uh, a total anonymity. I went to a um, New Year's Eve party last night. I really cannot tell you, swear to God, while I'm talking about a friend's house or, yeah, pretty much that's it. I'm not talking about going to uh, a hotel. And uh, when I was married, uh, my wife and I at the time probably did that once every five years or something. Went downtown. I think we stayed at the Drake Hotel in Chicago. And then all the different ball uh, ballrooms or event rooms or banquet rooms or whatever they want to call them had different concepts and dance, you know, music. It was kind of cool, actually. And then, of course, uh, I, for one, am not really a big fan of staying up to midnight. I never have been. I never will be. Unless I'm in Vegas or I'm doing... Or on vacation, I just don't really give a shit what time it is. But um, I cannot remember. I mean, I'm going to say, I'm not kidding. God, I got to be careful because this is probably not true. But uh, I really don't remember going to anybody's place for new year's eve because i'm not a big i mean they took all the fun out of it man they scare the fucking shit out of you sorry they scare the coming and watch on the f-bombs they scare the crap out of you oh, there's gonna be checkpoints but no that's not unconstitutional Mm-mm. fifth amendment what's that fourth amendment Pfft. i'm not condoning drunk driving or anything of the kind but i'm just saying you know, it's like they intimidate you and, you know, God, can't I just have a couple or a glass of champagne and drive home? Oh, Mr. Parsons, you've been drinking. What are you supposed to say? I don't want to get into that. But what I'm saying is over the past couple decades at least... It's like naughty, 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 but you can blow up fireworks. It can blow your hand off, but that's okay. But no, you can't have a couple drinks and just get a little buzz and drive home. No, 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 no. God forbid you're caught. You're going to get crucified. But just sneak in the country. You'll be fine. Yeah. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I know. But I don't think I have been to a party at someone's house for New Year's Eve. God, I'm going to say high school, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I really think that is true because... I just don't want to do it. It's like, the risk is not worth the reward, man. I mean, I've heard, I've never had a DUI. I know people that have. 
And every time, every single one was like, don't drink and drive. It's like, okay, well, it's like, don't have sex and orgasm. <laughs> okay. You know, and I'm not saying all the time. I'm just saying, can we just back off just a little bit? But if you're in an accident and your blood alcohol level is past the legal limit and all that crap, yes, of course, you should be held accountable. But if you're going to just drive a couple miles, so there was some asshole, sorry, I'm driving home last night. I had a couple, but I'm very, very responsible with that stuff. And by the time, I mean, hell, it was seven hours. So that was long out of my system anyway. But um, there's some asshole. I was doing 30 miles an hour and he flew up on me and then he flew, then he hit the brakes then he flew up on me and I'm just maintaining my, listen, man, I've rode motocross before. You're not going to intimidate me. I don't care <laughs> what you're doing and who you are. You're just actually going to piss me off. And I don't know if that's what they were trying to do, but I, I didn't let it bother me. I didn't react. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I got some asshole behind me. And they finally ended up turning left. But Yeah, it, it's like you can't let your hair down and just have fun. And then you're the DD driver. And, you know, that's nice and everything else. And it's nice that it's it's made people think I better not get in that vehicle and drive it because I've been drinking or smoking pot or doing crystal meth if you're in Colorado or Daytona Beach um, or Brandon, Florida. Is it Brandon? I think it is. I don't know. Whatever. All the places I ran into it, I'm like, yeah, no, this that's not a wise, responsible decision. But it just really puts pause into doing anything that night and uh that is the way it's been for me for the past mm, long time me love you long time good probably 30 years and it's like it's just not worth it so we would not even go out let alone make it to midnight to toast <laughs> the new year so last year or last year last night was um <clears throat> A first for me again in quite a long time. I had a great time um, around some very talented musical people. So I can say it's just insane. Insane. I don't know what this town is like Eureka for all the brainiacs and the cutting edge uh, technology. If you know what that show is. Um Loveland, Colorado, and around here in Fort Collins, or but really specifically Loveland, is just eureka as far as musical talent and art. It's just off the fucking charts. Sorry, I said Wednesday. Off the charts. Off the charts. That's all I can tell you. If it was one to ten, it'd be eleven. And I just keep seeing more and more musicians that don't get paid jack shit and bust their ass. And, you know, quite honestly, because I was thinking about this when I woke up, I'm like, that's why I love interviewing musicians because 
you have no idea zero <laughs> what it if if you start charging customers from the time you go okay i need to get ready for my gig tonight click and take a shower eat dinner and you can put on all your crap all that if you're a woman it's gonna be an hour so there's an hour right there they should bill and then you gotta load everything up into your vehicle and that's another hour and then you gotta drive let's just say that's another hour so it's three hours then you set up takes another hour that's four hours and you haven't even played a note then you gotta make sure you're gonna get paid but we're not gonna get into that and then you play for a couple hours, so that's six hours. And then you break down, that's another hour, that's seven hours. And then you go home and it's eight hours. And then you take all your shit out of your freaking vehicle, that's nine hours. So I, I'm going to safely say, and I, I have hung with bands, um, not like a groupie thing, but I, I, I have friends that are in bands, and, um, or I did, and I do now. And, and I've been around it for a while. And uh, at seven to ten years at least, probably ten. And uh, I would help them set up, break down, blah 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 blah, all the things I said. And uh, it's really insulting <laughs> that uh, if you break down a nine-hour day divided by what you're getting for a gig, that's by the hour. That's just like it's not. It, I'm sorry, it's not worth it. And I'm not trying to be um negative this is real this is simple math man and it's like if you look at it monetarily it's not worth it i mean just doing this stupid ass show i've gotten it streamlined pretty good where i can get set up in 10 15 minutes you know damn my cup of coffee get on here but to to learn that learning curve I mean, sometimes it take me an hour and then my little intros that I've done and the, all that stuff and the mixing with that and editing and, you know, and once it's done, it's done though. It's like recording a song. It's done. And that's why I keep using the same crap because I just really don't feel like, like doing them or anymore uh, because it's done. So I just want to do this show in the middle, uh, at least prepping the least amount of time. By the way, so my, I don't know where it shows up at, but that QR code is my Bitcoin receive um, QR code. People are like, what is that? I go, it's, if you want to send me Bitcoin, that's how you do it. Which I'm going to push more in 2023. So the show's monetized through Spreaker, and that's why if you listen to it on Spreaker, it's monetized, and you hear commercials. And like, I have nothing to do with what is played, where it's played, where they insert it, and it actually kind of pisses me off that I can't. The, the algorithm listens to a gap, and then they shove it in there, and it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, and it, it's, I think, the most I've ever made is $10 in a month. And so I'm being hypocritical because I just compared time put into musician and $10 in 30 days is just insulting. But I'm not doing this for the money. Just like people aren't playing music for the money. 
at first at least. But you got to make it worth your time. And then you got to put gas in there. And there's all kinds of costs. If you really put the cost in a business and did it right, you're, you would be negative cash flow. You'd be bankrupt forever. <laughs> you, you wouldn't make a profit. You wouldn't even break even being a musician. If you really, really honestly took the band and made it a business in an entity or an LLC or an S corp or whatever, or even a sole proprietor, but I, I wouldn't do that. I would make it a corporation for liability issues, uh, not to mention paying for liability insurance, whatever ha would happen. And uh, yeah, if you kept accurate, correct books, being a band or a musician, you would lose your ass. Not to mention the most important quality, which is time. I heard some comments last night, and I've been doing this for 30 something years and this and that. And these people are just fucking off the, there's the upper off the charts in talent. And I, and I suck. I mean, I, I heard more nice compliments last night and my guitar playing and I'm like, Oh, Tim's a great guitarist. And I was like, and I shook my head. No, but I go, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I'm nothing compared to these people, let alone they can sing. Uh, I can sing my choir teacher back in junior high would not let me quit choir because, um, I guess he needed a tenor and he needed or more tenors and he, I could match notes with the piano. So he would say, okay, sing this note and whatever he hit. I don't even know. So he wouldn't let me quit. And I tried to get my mom to get me out of it and. She's like, he won't let you quit. And on top of that, I shared this story last night. And then on top of that, I was in the viola or I was playing a viola in junior high. And back then carrying an instrument home, you were just a, um, uh, I don't know. I want to say a dork or, you know, wherever, but it's like, it wasn't cool. Put it that way. It wasn't cool to be carrying any type of musical instrument home. And I'm a choir. It's like, oh, and everybody's going to think I'm gay. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know. So I did choir for one year. I did viola for two years and then I quit. And then it was high school time. And then that was just when a lot of shit happened. <laughs> but none of it included um, the viola or choir class, which is, in retrospect, um, probably wasn't a wise choice because I slammed the door on any artistical talents or potential at a very, very young age. That was dumb, but hmm, live and learn. But I, heard, but I heard some comments last night and I'm like, fuck, man, really? Sorry. Um, wow playing for 30 some years and and you just can't break free for whatever reason and i know some of those reasons i've interviewed and researched the music industry and it's just a load of shit is really what it is And, and I'll, I'll show you an example that I just saw two days ago. It just popped into my head. 
So for all of you that know the $6 million man, that's my, my favorite um, TV show of all time. Okay. It was way ahead of its time. It was just, it was just a really cool show. And I was a kid and nothing like that. And nothing was on TV ever except maybe kind of Star Trek or whatever, but that was all reruns. And, but you know, it, nothing really came close to a bionic man, you know? And then Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, uh, yeah, Lindsay, William, no, Lindsay, what the fuck is her name? Wagner. My favorite seventies TV actress. I stumbled on YouTube where they were at Comic-Con somewhere two years ago. It was Lee Majors and Lindsay Wagner. And uh, then they started bringing in like a bionic dog and, you know, they approached Lee Majors and said, he said, I don't want no dog in my show. Get, let's see if Lindsay wants it. And she did. And, you know, it was okay. I guess. And then they wanted to make the bionic girl. And they asked Lee Majors and Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, how come I have a problem with that word? Lindsay name, Lindsay um, Wagner, what they thought. And I, I don't know if they read the script or this or that. I can't believe they actually asked actors what they thought. And uh, they thought it was a good idea. And all the executives at, uh, I'm pretty sure it was ABC. That's what I remember. But whoever it was in the entertainment industry thought it was going to be a really stupid idea. And they uh, screen tested or whatever the girl that was supposed to be the bionic girl. And I think they did a couple episodes and then they just canned it. And it's like, no, nah, this is ain't going to work. And um, they didn't think they had the right actress and uh that actress was sandra bullock which gives me pause and looks back and it's like do these people know what they're doing i mean <laughs> okay and then what do you need to do to break through that glass ceiling to become an a-lister and and i know what that is and um it's not a very good i've had a discussion with this but i can't share with who hang on a minute I've had, I've had this conversation many times because I, I just think it's so suppressive, oppressive. And if you want to do this, then you have to sign all your, you have to sign you away. Your material, your talents, they tell you what you do, what you don't do. They own you. And I had this conversation with somebody and I can't verify or, and, and I just can't. Um, and I can't be any more specific into that, but this person said, well, what's wrong with that? If you really want to sing, uh, 
and live your dreams, why won't you let people help you that can get you there and pretty much sign everything away? And I'm like, I, I just didn't want to get into it. I didn't want to argue about it because it, it's such a, when you get to that level and then they pull you into the meeting room with attorneys and this and that and everything else. And one, one thing I don't, I don't agree with, and I never will is signing your rights away, which I should, I was under the impression that that's not even possible. When somebody says we want you to sign your rights away or you're going to lose your rights. It's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I just, I just don't get that. That, that should be by default abolished. You can't, you can't sell or transfer your rights away. Oh, we own the rights to it now. No, you know, it's my shit, asshole. And don't touch it. And I, I just don't, I, that is just so counterproductive and suppressive, but it's, the way that it's done and it's been done that way for quite a long time. So who am I to say? Uh, but it appears to be that way for a lot of people. And then you wonder why. And then you put all this pressure and that's what it is. Pressure. It's all pressure. Okay, well, you signed this contract. We own all your crap. And you got to come out with an album every other year. <laughs> well, what if life gets in the way? Like, uh, I have a kid or two kids, and they really frown upon that from what I know. Or somebody passed away or, or you know, just something really life-altering, like, in 22 <laughs> comes at you sideways and you have to deal with it. And there's just no excuse. So not only do you have life, you have your career and your career isn't even in your, and it's not about control, but it's, it, it, you don't have the ability to make decisions. You do what you're told. And if they want you to write songs for somebody else, I guess, you have to do it. You don't have a choice. It's like, wait, that's my song. That was the number one hit. That's mine. Yeah, well, tough shit. Because we know better than you. I don't know why fucking people call me when I do this show. I just really don't. So with all this said and done and this and that and everything else, and it's like, let's just say, I mean, I'm going to be 59. There's no way I'm going to be a, a, a musician, a successful musician. It's just not in it. And I don't want to, but hearing all this stuff does not really motivate me to pursue playing the guitar or anything of the kind. It just doesn't because all you're going to do is, transfer all your hard work and knowledge and nine hours for every fucking gig you do three times a week is just going to go in somebody else's pocket. And then they wonder why music sucks. And it just dumbfounds me because I see 
all this amazing talent and I can recognize it. I'm not saying this cause I like these people or, uh, I'm friends with them or whatever. I, I, I know talent when I see it and, um, it's just being squashed and it's very sad cause it don't have to be that way, but it is, that's why it is. Anyway, I'm not going to change music industry or the entertainment industry, but you all better wake up and get your head out of your ass and be a little bit more of a partner than a dictator. Because you're destroying the music industry. It's not working. You need a new business model. That's all I'm going to tell you. So, whatever. Do what you want. Make your decisions. Don't pick Sandra Bullock to be the bionic girl. <laughs> huge, huge mistake, apparently. But sometimes I really wonder if people really know what the hell they're doing. And then I'm going to say this and then I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I do want to talk about 2022 in a new year in 2023 and what I expect out of 2023. So there's a customer. I don't really want to name them because it doesn't matter, but they're a very successful, um, high quality fast food place. And I was in one and the story of how they became successful was on the wall. And of course me being a former business owner and all this, that's a whole story making that jump to make that decision, which there's no return. Once you jump, you're, you can't go back. And, uh, the way this guy did this multi-chain, very successful restaurant did not fit status quo and how you do things. And, uh, powers that be pretty much told them this will never work banks experts smartest people on the planet and hey, this ain't gonna work <laughs> okay thank you business plans this and that everything else which i think is a crack of shit a business plan is I could write a business plan for a bank right now, give it to them. They're going to tell me to shove it in my ass anyway. Oh, this will never work. This is ridiculous. It's all, it's all projection anyway, or estimates. I mean, we could get blown up tomorrow or COVID two, three, five, ten, whatever. That can come tomorrow. You can't put a COVID clause in there. Well, this is my business plan, but here's a COVID clause. And if this happens, then we're just all fucked. There's a word again. We're just all screwed anyway. I mean, you can't really. Business plans aren't worth the paper they're written on. However, what is more important, in my opinion, is a mission statement or a history of you're beginning from conceptual idea in your head into the real world and how you became successful. That is 
priceless. So this guy did what he had to do. He didn't listen to these people. He actually got a job as a fisherman for three years up in Alaska, busted his fucking ass because nobody would give him capital to start his business. And that is the single most hardest thing to acquire. And he did that. And then he took some of his fisherman buddies with them and started a very successful business fast food chain. I bring this up because there's a lot of people who want to start a business. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you do it, the traditional status quo, the way you're told to do it, you're going to be very highly disappointed. Again, you got some fat ass eating fucking donuts, sorry. See, eating donuts behind a desk and just like, oh, well, this ain't going to work. Give me another cup of coffee. See you later. <laughs> it's like, of course, it's not going to work because you, you told me to, to give you something that's a fairy tale. What's your business plan? It beats the shit out of me uh, to be in business for today and take care of the customers and do what I love to do and be fortunate enough to make money. Well, what's your growth projections? I don't, I don't know. Um, it would be nice. Maybe anything that's more than 20% is too aggressive and you're getting it to a negative cash flow. And then you're going to have to uh, have an LLC or borrow against your accounts receivables like I had to do because my growth rate was over 100% a year for a short time, and uh, there was more money flying out to coming in. But you can't put that in a business plan. Negative cash flow. Oh, no, that's just horrible. You can't do that. You're rejected. You know, it, it, your business plan, just take it and shove it in your ass sideways, because it's not real. Your mission statement and then when you're successful, your story of success. And then, God forbid, your story of failure. And then, hopefully, your comeback story. That is what you need. And you need to talk to people that have done it. Chances are they're going to say along the same lines that I'm saying. Banks are going to laugh at you. It's kind of amazing for a whole system, central banking system that nearly destroyed the entire planet's uh, economy in 2008 is going to sit there and tell you what to do. It's just like, it just dumbfounds me. It really does. But that's, that's your choice. Um, but getting the money and now money's getting tighter because the Fed's tightening up and raising interest rates and liquidity is not going to be there. You're not going to get a business loan. I mean, you might. Good for you. But um, you're going to have to save it or sell stuff. Uh, sacrifices is the, is, is, um, the success. Sometimes you got to take one step down the ladder to go two steps up. But a lot of people won't do that. A lot of people won't refinance their house like I did and cash equity out and uh, double my interest rate from 7% to 
people won't do that. You can find venture capitalists, but usually they want half your money and tied to the business corporately uh, and the uh, articles of incorporation and there's a condition and then they, they'll probably say, well, you need to buy back my shares because at the beginning they were a dollar and now they're a hundred dollars. So you have to buy them out. It's just a crack of shit. It's like, fucking, wait a minute. Whose idea was this and who's doing all the work? Hmm. That is the biggest challenge is capital to start a company. And, uh, but then once you get that money or you take that risk, it's like, wow. I mean, geez. I mean, if I fail and if you say that, if you even think those words, you're going to, it's like Henry Ford said, well, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Simple as that. It's you can do whatever you want to do. You just can't have the mindset if, well, what if I fail? What if I get divorced? What if I jump in my car and I get creamed by a semi truck and I die? I see you can't think that way. What if I go play guitar in front of people and it's just horrible? Well, and then it's probably going to be, you know, it's such a mind fuckery. And I'll say that word for that. Cause it's exactly what, <laughs> what it is. You, you just can't think that way. You can't, you can't have a plan to fail because there isn't one. Trust me. Cause it doesn't go, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere near what you think it's going to. And things come at you sideways so many times that uh, you just, you, you can't even predict it. So if you can't predict it, how can you plan? The only plan is I'm not going to fail. That's the plan. That's it. So I hope that, I, I hope that makes sense. You know, like if people listen to this and the financials, like, oh, this guy's full of shit, you know, this and that and whatever. Um, most businesses, 90% fail within five years, actually probably shorter than that. Cause if you make it five years, then you're probably good. But, uh, I think I would say they're going to fail either in a year or two. If you make it to two years, then you're probably going to be okay. Depending on your decisions that you make or the ones you don't make. But if you make it two years, you're going to make it. That's just my opinion. I made it 20. And I had no idea what I was doing I, in the beginning. I'm, nope. I, what? <laughs> okay. But I still would think, well, I asked this question before I made that decision to start a company and I'm, talk to people and they will talk to you, believe it or not. I've walked up to perfect strangers and they had a, corvette or a nice car and i'm like you know can i ask you something like yeah i was like well, how'd you get that i go i have my own business i go oh yeah okay so the question i would ask eventually is do you have any regrets and every single one of them said no and i'd do it again and uh so would i i'd say the same thing that's the question you need to ask and then ask yourself and uh I think everybody needs to do that. They need 
to start their own business because you will get an education that you cannot pay for. Uh, and that's that. Uh, but it does make you the worst babysitter in the world because, or parent because, or whatever perception you want to see, because it, when you go back to being an employee, it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> but you can't say nothing. So it's like, you just got to bite your tongue and do what you got to do. And, uh, Maybe eventually it'll push you to what you need to do. I don't know. But that's again, that's your choice. But I hope a lot of people this year make that decision. Because um, it's one you won't regret. And I had this conversation too with somebody. And this one here I'm going to talk about. Let me get some more coffee and I'm going to talk about 22 and 23. But... We all learn from our mistakes. People think they learn from their successes and being correct, like i.e. taking a test. Oh, I got a four million score on my SAT. Okay, good for you. You get to advance. What'd you learn? Not a fucking thing. Okay, not really. I learn what to do. But there's no test in the world or anything of the kind except life it, what not to do. And when you do what you're supposed to not do, it hurts. It costs you money. It sucks. You're like, holy shit. Uh-oh. But you know what? You ain't going to do that again. And I'll say this again and again and again. God forbid you get to the point where I did and go through it. I learned just as much being successful. And if not more, I learned the same or more by failure. But we're all taught we can't make mistakes. What do you mean you didn't get an A plus on that test? What are you, stupid? No, I just didn't know. Not perfect. Oh, well, we can't have that. You can't make mistakes. <laughs> okay. I have learned probably more, I will say, in what not to do than what to do. But that is shunned by society and by the powers that be. And I mean, look at your credit score. What do you mean you don't have an 850? No, I, I don't. It's actually a little over 700. I don't give a fuck. Sorry. I don't care. Oh, well, you made mistakes. You just, oh, I made mistakes. Okay. Well, let's see. You, you cut my hours in half with COVID coming. I can, how am I going to pay my bills on a 50% reduction when I still have bills to pay, asshole? And you're going to mark my credit because I can't pay my stuff because you people are idiots. And do you think they learned by their mistakes? No, they just make it your problem. How come every single time when you deal with the powers that be and they mess up, it's your fault somehow. And then when you mess up, uh, it's your fault. So it's your fault no matter what you do. Or is that just me? Is that just my delusional perception and how things are? Have you ever tried to get a hold of any 
services that are municipality or state and well due to covid if you can even talk to a person due to covid you're just gonna have to fucking wait sorry please call back later click okay but then when they come after you oh well okay uh i couldn't pay this because of covid oh that's no excuse <laughs> really well it sure works conveniently for you So all that all that's taught me is not to get anchored. Everything that is not me. Don't get anchored. Don't get secure. Don't get into debt. Don't buy a house. Don't get a girlfriend. Don't buy a dog. Don't buy a house. I think I said that or whatever. I can't afford one anyway. It's ridiculous. But it's like, no, don't get tied down because... These people are not held accountable, and when they fuck up, they make it your problem, and now you got a problem, and then you're causing problems for them because they caused a problem in the first place, so then you can't pay your bills or whatever, and now you got a problem, and then they come after you going, why can't you pay this? Because of COVID. Oh, that's no excuse. (laughs) Okay. So what do you do? And that's not even really you making a mistake. That's them making a mistake, but they'll never admit it. I haven't heard one person elected servant go, well, you know, we really, uh, really handled this COVID thing wrong and we learned our lessons. And uh, now we know what not to do. And uh, we do apologize for any convenience or your credit getting damaged or losing your house or whatever this or that. Uh, it, it was really poor leadership, but we will definitely. Um, pay attention this time and learn by our mistakes. Sorry for any convenience. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you're going to see that one ever. No, it's your fault. What? What? Wait a minute. You're I'm following your system and doing everything I'm supposed to be doing and be a good slave and a debt slave and everything else. And then you take away my income and then somehow, some way that's my problem. Okay. How about go fuck yourself? And I'm just not going to participate in the system anymore. Or as far as being indebted till the day I die, because you can't make sure my well-being and my livelihood is going to be protected, which is your job to all the governors in this country. Oh, we just lock you down. Why well, go on vacation and have dinner parties and not wear a mask? And uh, that's your problem. It's turning into the Hunger Games. It's really ridiculous. Anyway, that's enough of that. I'm going to get some more coffee. I'm going to talk about 2022. What was good? What was bad? And what I expect out of 2023. And I'll probably jump in the chat room and see what's going on. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying. I mean, it's a new, it's a new year. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all this crap. Just like la di da di da. Uh, and everything's going to be perfect. And I'm going to tell you that it's not. And that's not because I'm a negative Nancy or a Karen or an asshole. It's real. But I am going to have some expectations for me out of 2023. Um, but I don't think in general it's going to be a good year. 
I really hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. <laughs> I, uh, I just don't. And I'll share why. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're going to have to suffer from that. It, it's if you see it coming, you can prepare for it. Or when it does come, you're like, well, I'm seeing that coming a mile away. And then you can, instead of going through the denial stage and go, oh, I just can't believe this is happening again and blah, 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 blah. And then act like a victim, uh, which you may, maybe, but uh, you're not the only one, but, but at least you'll be mentally prepared for it. And that's just by paying attention. So I'll get into that a little bit of 22. I'm going to get some more coffee, uh, run to the bathroom quick. So it's going to be like a one minute, maybe two minute break. And uh, I'll be back with 2022, 2023 and whatever. All right. Hang on. Oh, oh, gotta get my coffee. Forgot my cough, coffee. Forgot my coffee. Oh, forgot my coffee, coffee, coffee. Okay, that's it. And I'm done. We'll be on cloud nine. So I'm digging through my notebook here, and um, I've had this one for, I don't know couple years, maybe two, three years, just a regular ledger college bound spiral eight by 11 and a half notebook that probably costs 20 bucks. Now. There's no inflation. Okay. And, um, oh shit, this is 19. So this is going on three years. Hmm. Let's see here. There's there's a list I made, like on one seven of twenty two. Five year plan, whatever. It's all blown out of the water. <laughs> so I was just gonna say, because uh, things are just things change, you know. And it's like reasons why I love Florida, mistakes I made in business. 
uh, mistakes I made in marriage. And I only had one, and it's trying to fix someone. Colorado Reset. Okay, this is the one I want to share. Um, I'm going to put that right there. Very, very, very rare that I read anything that I have in the show. It all comes out of my head, which probably can be confusing or it doesn't make sense sometimes, but it makes sense to me because it's my head. But I, I wrote all this stuff, 1722 Colorado Reset. This is um, when I decided to come back to Colorado from Florida. Financial plan, two years. It's just a financial plan. Uh, two years at the age of 60, which now it's a little more than a year. Number one. <laughs> Here we go. You can call me a hypocrite or whatever you want to call me because I could see that. But. I'm going to read these and you're going to be like, wait a minute. I thought you said just here. Number one, do not purchase a motorcycle, <laughs> car, etc. Okay. Uh, I bought two motorcycles since I've been here and a car. Number two, never sell your Bitcoin. I haven't done that. So that's one thing. Always use Coinbase as your exchange. I didn't do that. Uh, buy crypto or pay off credit card debt with bonuses, which at my previous employer, you got a quarterly bonus. I kind of did that. Uh, only shop at Walmart or Amazon for the most part. Yeah. But, but I'm a, I'm a mom, pa community, um, supporter for businesses and everything of the kind, uh, cause it needs to be done. Number six, borrow on Nexo for buying crypto, not stable coins, buy stable coins that give you an 8% return. Yeah, I, I did that, and then I got out of them, especially after FTX, but whatever. Take rent and buy USD or Tether to earn interest. Yeah, no, that's not a good idea. That's no, and I did not do that. Pay rent with credit card, question mark, and buy crypto with rent money. Risky. Yeah, and I would say stupid. So, yeah, no. Uh, buy USD with credit on exchange and buy ETH or Bitcoin. Yeah, no. So what? Two out of all those I did do <laughs> and the rest I didn't. But here, see, here's the thing. We're, we're really hard on ourselves, or I am. I'm my worst critic, judge, jury, prosecution, executioner and uh i when i make mistakes i get really pissed at myself but january 22 is a different world than january 2023 if you're going to make resolutions in a list and and i'm a very big i'm not obsessive but i'm a very big fan of setting goals and in fact, if I didn't set goals way back from the age of 27, I wouldn't have obtained the success that I did. Of course, I wouldn't also experience the failure that I had because you can't take something from somebody if they don't have it. But uh, regardless, 
I can promise you whatever you say you're going to do for 2023 is probably not going to happen. And that might sound like a deterrent or like a, a negative again, but it's really not because today is a snapshot of your life, of anybody's life. It's not the whole movie. And every year is a scene or a chapter or a book or a chapter in your book or scene in a movie of your life. And you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But you can kind of see, like, for instance, I'm looking at those and I'm like, wow, I, I'm really glad that I didn't do a lot of those things because I really would have got screwed. Especially in the crypto realm with FTX and all that other stuff. But I saw that coming. I go, something's something bad's gonna happen because Bitcoin and all the uh, Ethereum and everything was just getting a piss pounded out of it. And then the FTX thing happened, and um, now it's it, it's just beaten to death so much so that people are fearful of it. And they won't do anything because a lot of people lost a lot of money. And a lot of people that are qualified, experienced, smarter, all the above got screwed. So it would be very reasonable to think, well, if they got screwed, I'm sure shit going to get screwed. Not, not really. Uh, James Stewart, if you're a motocross, supercross fan, James Stewart, probably the fast, I will say, the fastest man that ever got on a motocross bike. He has a podcast. And I think it's called Bubba's World because his nickname's Bubba. I think that's the name of it. Anyway, a friend's been telling me to watch this episode with Ricky Carmichael. Now, Ricky Carmichael, arguably, is the greatest of all time, has been gotten or given that title as a motocross racer. And uh, those two always went at it. They were highly competitive with each other. And... Um, of course, made assumptions and this and that about each one of each other. And uh, I, encur I encourage you to watch it because it puts a perspective. And that's why, that's why I love podcasts. And I love people getting in the same room and talking because you never know what's going to happen. And boy, do we need it more than ever right now. And... Um, the way things are and the way we don't communicate. And then we so-called communicate through electronic devices, social media, this and that is not communicating. So these two were sitting down and they had their assumptions and also believed what they heard through the grapevine or saw on social media. And it, really caused them problems but it also gave a motivation to like well fm i'll just 
go faster and beat them even more. So it's like, and that's how a racer, at least a motocross racer thinks it's like, okay, I'll just, uh, it's kind of mental fuckery to get into their head and add pressure to them. So you can win. So here's my point of all this. So Ricky Carmichael, I think is the most winning motocross racer in the history of the sport. James Stewart is up there too. But here's, here's what Ricky Carmichael said to James Stewart. He's like, you were faster than me. And although that was true, Ricky Carmichael beat James Stewart. How? By being a little bit more planning and finding his, his, uh, excuse me, his competitor's weaknesses, finding his own weaknesses, strategy, And this and that, and he ended up beating James Stewart for some titles. And sometimes it was making one mistake in one race, and that cost him the entire title for the year. And they went back and forth, and, you know, like James said, well, you know, I heard you put on Instagram that I'm washed up in this and that, and that really pissed me off. And, and Ricky Carmichael never did that. And then... They were getting into each other's heads on this podcast saying their strategies. And when you're a motocross racer, you're like, well, I'm winning and you're not going to touch me. And, you know, I'll never show my weaknesses and this and that. Well, this was a long time ago. So now they're sitting in and they're like, like James is like, man, you were pushing me to the point where I was just ready to give up. And like Ricky Carmichael is like, well, Really? I I never even would have thought of that. And then Ricky Carmichael said the same things to James Stewart. He's like, I was chasing you in one race. And I was like, that's it. I, it was the last lap. He couldn't catch him. So he just gave up. And then James Stewart hit a hay bale and crashed. And Ricky Carmichael passed him. So the whole, the whole moral or point of this is, is that just because... You're the best at what you do doesn't guarantee success because things come at you and it's going to depend on how you handle those things. And when you're going to make a mistake, you're probably going to pay for it dearly. But I bet you any amount of money you won't do it again. So don't make the assumption that just because you're at the top of your game, you're in your groove, everything's going to be perfect because, and no one's going to touch me, and my competition can't touch me, and blah, 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 because you know what? It's not true. Nobody wins every battle nobody wins every argument nobody is always right 
And I'm saying this stuff because, again, people are going to sit down, make New Year's resolutions, put them down, and I'm going to promise you, you'll be lucky if you do a couple of them. But that's not on you. And if it is on you because you made a mistake in trying to obtain that resolution or goal, learn by it. Don't get pissed like, son of a bitch. You know, I just spent nine months on this shit and it ain't happening. It's like, okay, what'd you do wrong? Or what, what happened dynamics? What happened that altered that goal for you? And did you see it coming? Well, no, because I never experienced it, but you did now. So you should see it coming again, right? Yes, you should pay attention because the steps that you make to be successful are exactly the same ideology and results that the things that cause you to fail happen for a reason. You need to pay attention to both. And quite honestly, 2022 sucked for me. And I was talking to somebody last night about it. There's a lot of things that happened to me. Um, and again, it's all perspective. I mean, I moved again from Florida and it was because of only because of my job and the way I was treated and the way that everybody's treated. And that's a whole different subject in a podcast for how this industry that I'm in is going to hell and I see it coming and it is happening. But unless you've been down that road again, like I can see when failure is going to happen because I experienced it. But when I was going through it, I I'm like, what is going on here, man? And I saw it and I saw it and I, and it, it's just like the road to success, the road to failure. It's two opposite directions, but this you learn by the experience. I don't know if that makes any sense. So if it happens again in either arena, you're like, oh, well, I know what to do. And now I know what not to do. And when I know what not to do and I see the situations coming, whether external or internal or the mistakes I made, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I've done this before. I've crossed the road when traffic's coming. It didn't fucking work out too good. So I ain't doing it again. It's the same thing. Do not be discouraged or negative or like, oh, this shit doesn't work. It you know, just doesn't. I only did two out of 20 things. Well, at least you did two, but what did you learn by not accomplishing the other 18 if you wrote 20? It's really as simple as that. Uh, but if you're anything like me, you're probably pretty hard on yourself. Because uh, you might be a perfectionist or you just might, you know, it's like, you know what? I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. And I really don't want to think about how I fucked up. I just want to think about all the good and the positive and well, then you're living in la la land. This, this whole positive thinking crap. Yeah. Does it work? Absolutely. Is it a good motivator? Absolutely. But the other side of the coin is there's also negativity and, and it, it's yin and yang light and dark. I would love it if the sun was out 24 hours a day, but it's not, it gets dark. 
It's part of life without sounding like a cliche. You're going to have your good. You're going to have your bad. You're going to have your successes. You're going to have your challenges, but your challenges do not reward you. What they do is they teach you lessons. Pay attention. Don't give up. Success is great because it gives you rewards and positivity and keeps rising above and rising above. But when you fail or make a mistake, you're knocked down again. And that's not the time to blame other people or situations or anything. If that's not the case, if you fucked up, sorry, if you messed up, take it and own it and go, okay, I'm not doing that again. Cause that hurt. But if it's situations that are out of your control, like inflation, COVID, blah, 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 wars, uh, you know, anything of the kind, the economy, um, things of that nature, you better pay attention. I've been told that it's like, it's uncanny. And actually I've been told by a friend that I have, that I have a God complex, but not in the perception of, I think I'm God and I'm right. And I know everything. It's quite actually, that's not what he meant. It's just like, I can foresee things uh, before they happen, but it's not really an ability or a gift. It's seeing the behavior and the patterns and trends that have happened in the past. We have done <clears throat> collectively, we, and on a macro level, we have gone down this road before. And apparently we didn't learn nothing because we're making the same mistakes. So it's really not hard to see what's coming. Well, Tim, the last time you, you stick your, stuck your hand in a campfire, you got burned. Yeah, I know. I can do that again. And then 30 years go by and I stick my hand in a campfire again. Guess what? I'm going to get burned again. And I'm an idiot if I do that. And it's, it, it's really that basic and simple. But unfortunately, and I don't like putting ages on things, but it's just a matter of measurement of time. It just seems to, to me that if something happened 20 years ago, it's been forgotten. 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 250 years ago, the mistakes that we made seem somehow some way to get repeated. Oh, no, we'll just do it different this time. We'll make it work. No, that's, <laughs> no. Don't make your mistakes work to repeat them. Don't do that. But people do. Like, for instance, for me, there's nothing more than I would love to get married again. But now having the experience and perception of a divorce and the way divorces are structured legally and this and that and all that crap, I'm like, I would have to be an idiot to get married again. However, it would be different this time. There would be a prenuptial agreement, a postnup agreement, <clears throat> pretty much just pretty much stating the way that it should be. Before we got married, I keep my crap. Before we got married, you keep your crap. And then 
during the marriage, whatever we acquire, assets and liabilities, we split in half and we say goodbye. I'm not paying a fucking dime. Okay. If you have kids, this is this is no kids. This is me. Okay. This is me. If you have no kids, or let's say you marry somebody that has kids, and of course they're going to be dependent on you. I mean, I'm I'm going to leave kids out of this. Um, but if I didn't assist in helping her with her kids, I'd be an asshole. So I, I would definitely put that in there where, yeah, of course, of course I'm going to help you with the kids. You know, the, that's just the right thing to do. But let's just pretend there's not. So it's like <clears throat> no kids, no this, that, just you two, me and somebody else. And um, it didn't work out. And you go your separate way, and I go my separate way. Hopefully, we can be quote unquote friends and let's go. But this whole monetary bullshit of, well, you made more money and, you know, she didn't, and, or, or vice versa, you know, you made more money and he didn't. So, therefore, it's your obligation to pay them. What? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. I've heard about stuff like this, but I just never thought in a million years that I would ever have to worry about it, let alone experience it. And it's really a shame with the way that family court and family law is that it's like the business plan. Well, here's the divorce decree, and this is what you're obligated and liable for, bound by a court order, and if you can't do this, that's contempt of court, and we will come arrest you and throw you in jail. Well, what if COVID hits again? So can we put a COVID clause in the divorce decree, decree, please? Or you lose your job, or you get hurt, or God forbid your health deteriorates. See what I'm saying? You know, like a divorce decree is the same fucking thing, sorry, as a business plan. It's ridiculous. It's a snapshot in time. But I objectively look back and go, see, my heart, my soul, my, my essence and my being is I want to share my life with somebody and be bound by God. It's just, you know, call me what you want to call me. I don't care. But, but, and I know I said, don't get married if you think you're going to get divorced. And you shouldn't. And that's probably a big reason why. I haven't gotten married again, let alone date. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute, you know, Tim, you know, you really you gotta be kind of objective about this, you know, and analytical and separate your heart from your mind because the courts are bullshit and you can't get screwed again. Cause you just can't, I, I time is not my, on my side. So there is, there would be steps that I would take if I'm going to get married that I'm not going to be destroyed. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if I married a woman that had a gazillion dollars and all these personal assets and everything else, and she said, listen, this isn't about 
us. This is about when it's not us. <laughs> and it's like, I want you to read this. You want to take it to your attorney, but I have to protect myself from being destroyed. I want to share my life with you, everything I have. But sometimes it just, my experience just is not in the cards for whatever reason. So I would like you to sign this prenup and postnup. And then if we get divorced after the date of our wedding, whatever we acquire or in assets and or liabilities that we are responsible for half and we both walk away. I wouldn't have one problem with that at all. So that's, that's my answer to that. But then some people like, well, if you really love that person, you wouldn't do that. It's like, well, if you really love that person, you wouldn't divorce them and destroy them either. See, because shit happens. Shit happens. And sometimes it's out of your control. And again, the only way you're going to not repeat your mistakes is by learning from them. Was it a mistake to get married? Oh boy. Uh, yes or no? <laughs> am I am I in a court here being uh, questioned by an attorney? Uh, like, is this, you know, yes or no? Oh, God. You know what? I, I really honestly cannot an answer that. But if I had to, I would say no. But then some of me saying yes, because <laughs> it's like, seeing that that's the mind fuckery that you got to deal with um well i guess you didn't learn your lesson then well you know what what i learned and what i got regardless of monetary measurement out of my marriage um and experience was worth it although it ultimately destroyed me but all they told me is I picked the wrong person. Took 27 years, 30 years to figure that out. But that is, that is the honest, accountable lesson and mistake that I made. I picked the wrong person and I knew it because I thought it could change somebody for the better. And, um, Although, in my opinion, she is way better off and a much better person than she was when I married her. Or met her, for that matter. We're just two fucked up kids, man, that fell in love. What's wrong with that? But, um, yeah, but, I mean, see, life got in the way. People got involved. Success destroyed us. Money destroyed us. Wrong attention. And then very bad decisions and then just ba basically a lack of belief, trust, um, loyalty and, uh, not following your vows. I mean, it's pretty much what it was. And, uh, that's on her. So not me. And, um, I never broke my vows, but you know, I wasn't perfect, 
but uh, I was a pretty good uh, husband and wife, uh, husband and wife, huh? No, uh, husband and dad, and uh, did the best job I could. And they got to 18, and that's it. That's it. That's all I'm obligated to do. Um, but the whole point of it is is learning by your mistakes. And uh, I didn't make a mistake getting married. I made a mistake thinking I could change somebody. And I know that's not possible. So it's only a person can change them. And uh, that was a very, very expensive equity in time and monetary costs to me. Uh, but you know what? I saw somebody that had all the potential in the world and a great heart. And um, apparently I was wrong. And see, it's, I mean, your mistakes are going to cost you dearly. Everything sometimes. And uh, I, I just won't do that again. I won't. Uh, I need somebody that is on my level or even above so we can grow together uh, the same way. But when one person outweighs the growth of another and there's too big of a variance or gap, it's just not going to work. And and that's sad to say, because it's a very romantic, um, great love story that uh, most love stories are based on, at least in the movies. And um, it's just a fantasy. So, and at least in my experience, and I will not repeat that again, uh, my, my boundaries and my expectations and, uh, what I want are way, 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 way high, probably out of reach, but I'd rather have it that way than lowering them because it costs me way too much. Everything actually. So 2022 sucked. There are some good things, some personal things, some dreams lived. And um, it's really easy to focus on the negative stuff. But there was some positive things. Uh, one was, um, well, I came back to Colorado. I, I consider that a positive. Um, I played live with... Uh, Wendy Wu in front of people. And it's been a dream of mine, not to play with her because I didn't even know who the hell she was, but I'm just saying to play and share my guitar playing with other people that happens. That's crazy. If you told me that would happen, I would say, no, that ain't going to happen, but it did. And there's probably some other things too, but there's plenty of negative ones and I don't want, to focus or dwell on them because I've been trying to recalibrate and adjust and get a foundation to build on, to finally start over after, well, let's see, two weeks from today, actually seven years from being divorced. And, uh, I think, I think that's a good reasonable time to go by to finally go, you know, uh, enough's enough. So 2022, I lost my dad. I know I said, I wouldn't get into the negative, but there's plenty of, plenty of things. Um, 
But when negative things happen, sometimes it pushes you to do things that you could not do for whatever reasons if that didn't happen. And some things happened that finally pushed me to do things that if my dad didn't pass away, I probably wouldn't have done them. So there you go. But 2022 was shitty. And the good things and positive things that happened in 2022, I want them to continue and repeat in 2023. And quite frankly, I'm just getting tired of the Groundhog Day results stuck in a hypnotic rhythm when I just keep trying to break free out of this stuff. Uh, And one of the biggest challenges of 2022, which is out of my control and yours, is inflation. Now, I don't want to get into who did it, who started it. It started happening way back in 1913 with the Federal Reserve Act and definitely accelerated when Nixon severed the gold standard in 1971 temporarily. Listen to the speech. That's a long temporary just like inflation is transitory. Same. No, it's not. <laughs> and that's going to be a big challenge that is not going away. There's been some things to manipulate it and lower it and throw more oil into the market uh, by draining our strategic reserve supply, which I think is going to bite us in the ass. Um but these temporary manipulated lowering of pricing is in fact that energy costs are going to continue to go up period food is going to continue to go up and i'm telling you this so you you like you're not shocked i went to the store yesterday i walked to the store okay so i carry my crap home It's not like I fill up a shopping cart and then my trunk or whatever and then come home and I got all these groceries. I think it was a matter of four bags, a six pack of Corona light and a half a case of green tea. And I spent $69. I'm like, what? On what? And that's not going to go away. And the only way you're going to combat inflation is to spend less money or get another job and trust me, or get a raise. And that's not going to happen. I asked for a raise for six months from my prior employer and never got it. And then they finally gave me a raise, but it was a, an early raise because raises aren't done until the beginning of the new year. But they told me, we'll give you a raise, but. You're not getting one when raises come around because we already gave you one, which doesn't help. It's a temporary fix. You're just going to have to pay attention. Here, Here's a resource for you. Don't listen to the government what inflation rate is. Go to shadowstats.com. That is, quote, unquote, the true old way, previous way expired way, less manipulated way that they calculate inflation. The government used that, but they keep getting cute 
because it's not working and true inflation just put it this way whatever they're saying it is it's probably double but just go to shadowstats.com and and keep an eye on this stuff and if they keep printing money and spending money although they're spending it in different countries so the velocity of money with dollars being circulated is not gonna show its ugly head until that money starts trickling back here and gets in to um, the quote unquote domestic money supply. Right now it's in the global supply and that's why the inflation is delayed onset. Uh, but you, you can't keep printing and spending money and think that you're not going to create inflation. It's actually gonna create global inflation which it is, but we won't see it for years to come. But the problem is it keeps escalating because that's what we're doing and we won't stop. And I don't care who is in charge of the government or whatever. It's it has nothing to do with political parties. This is, Basic economic, it's not really basic, but it's economics. It's the law of money. And they all do it and they've all done it and they all continue to do it. And it's going to destroy the dollar in your purchasing power. And things are going to get more expensive as you can't get a raise because your boss won't give you one. Well, it's hard enough. We're keeping the doors open. We can't give you any more money. Well, <laughs> What do you want me to do? So you're going to be forced to absorb it. So don't be surprised by that. You're busting your ass and you have less and less. Well, you don't have less and less money. You have less and less purchasing power than IE, you know, bigger electric bills, bigger gas bills, fuel bills, um, food, all that stuff. That's the first thing that inflation hits, but they strip that out conveniently when they calculate the CPI index and uh, that's not the way they used to do it because it actually kind of worked. So that's going to be and continue to be a big challenge. And here's what I'm going to say. So the housing market's going to go in the shutter. This is just all my opinion. Okay. This is just my opinion. I don't, I don't want to be right, but with interest rates keep going up and up and up and the fed getting very aggressive the housing market's going to stall and it's going to decrease and it's going to go into a free fall pretty much like 2008. And the reason is, is because whatever your inflationary rate is, your borrowing rate that's set by the Fed has to be higher than the inflationary rate. So they're like, oh, well, it's only, inflation's only 7%. So we just need to get interest rates at or a little bit above 7% to fight inflation, which that's kind of where it is. It's real close right now. But the truth of the matter is the inflation rate, the true inflation rate is 15%. So here we go back with the very late 70s, 1980, for a couple years when Reagan came in and they had to rate 
they had to raise interest rates higher than the inflation rate because back then it was actually a more accurate, truer rate of inflation, which was about 18, 20% back in 1980. But if you use how they calculate the CPI now, consumer price index, it would be 10%. And that's where we're at right now. So in reality, they're going to have to raise interest rates above 15%, which is pretty much the inflation rate now, which is going to continue to climb because they keep printing and spending money. And then with the supply chain issues to supply and demand, it's making costs go up too, uh, which is going to show in the inflation rate. Um, I don't even want to say what I think it's going to go to, but just put it this way. It's not done. And that's why the housing market is going to be slammed because nobody can afford a house anymore because the rate's too high. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, if it doesn't collapse by then, cause they won't, they won't be honest about it and they won't do what they have to do. And they waited way too long to raise rates anyway. And you just can't put the brakes on it and hammer people by raising the interest rate aggressively because you're going to destroy it. You're just going to destroy the economy. And they've been pretty aggressive as it is, but they waited way too long. Inflation got way out of control, zero interest rates, 2% interest rates, whatever, free money. And they sat on that for way too long. And the true inflation rate got out of hand. So now you got to play catch up, but to play catch up is impossible. I Well, I wouldn't say impossible because it can be done, but it's going to cause a great deal of pain, probably in the realm of a very deep depression, uh, uh, recession, if not a depression, but it's going to destroy the housing market because nobody can afford a house because you don't make the ratios anymore. And houses are ridiculous to begin with, with 2% rates. So people are going to get stuck with their house. And in 2008, when that happened and people didn't want to get stuck with the house, they left. So now the supply is going to be saturated and the banks aren't going to approve you because you don't make the ratios. And it's going to be at least in the realm of the housing market 2008 all over again. When is this going to happen? I don't, don't know. I don't, uh, but I, I, I think 2023, it's definitely going to be coming. And then definitely, I don't want to get ahead, ironically, in election year 2024. Definitely. Um, because you just can't keep bumping rates up aggressively like they are, but they're going to have to. And every single time they do that, it costs you more money to borrow, to live. And it's passed on to us peasants. Inflation's just a tax. That's all it is. And, um, we as W2 wage earners pay it just like we pay all taxes that's incurred or passed on to businesses. They don't pay that. They, they don't absorb it. They pay it, but you pay it by higher prices. It all goes to the bottom. 
And that concerns me because 2008, that's when my beginning of my woes really, really happened. And it honestly woke me up and how they handled it. But instead of bailouts, it's going to be higher interest rates, higher interest rates, higher interest rates. And it's going to make the system probably collapse. This is not my opinion per se. This is by me watching people like Peter Schiff and other people on YouTube that have predicted like the 2008 meltdown and other things. And um, he's saying pretty much the same thing again, except this time it's not going to be because of a real estate bubble. It's going to be because of a dollar currency bubble in inflation. And um, that's a much bigger macro economic bomb to go off than just the housing market. I mean, look what it did because it was just the housing market. So you need to pay attention to that. And really quite honestly, there's no, in my perspective, there's really no reason to talk about anything else. Because that's going to affect everybody in every which way in their life. But you need to see it coming. Every time the Fed raises rates, pay attention. And it's not going to stop. Because they won't do the right thing to lower inflation, which is to quit spending money and just grin and bear it and uh, quit giving billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars to other countries or anybody for that matter. Um, it's a zombie economy, and it has been since 2008. It's been reanimated, and it's only going to last so long, and they're not doing the right things. You don't reduce inflation by spending money. It's like saying... Well, I'm going to do a lot and save money this year, but I'm going to spend every penny I get and then some. It doesn't work that way. It's, like, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's, just, it's not how it works. So I'd be very, very careful. And the only way that you're going to survive this is by making sacrifices and um, slowly getting rid of stuff that you just know. I hate this word, essentials. I don't think people should be classified if you're essential or non-essential. That's very scary. However, if there are services or things that you need uh, as a consumer product and services, you're going to have to only get the essentials. And that's what it's going to come down to. Sorry to say, your, your standard of living is going to be lowered, whether you like it or not. It already is. And you just maybe haven't seen it or felt it yet, which is hard to believe, but yeah, the way that one would prepare or me for that is like, look, I don't need this motorcycle. I don't need that motorcycle. I don't need three guitars. It's called downsizing, downsizing your personal balance sheet, which I encourage people to do and learn how to do it. Uh, because your outflows are going to be more than your inflows not because you're not making enough money because inflation is eroding your ability to pay in the dollars that you purchased that stuff in the past. 
your purchasing power is going to be diminished and continue to be diminished. And I really, truly think that <laughs> there's really not much more to talk about. I don't want to get into geopolitical things and things of that nature and everything else. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a nuclear war. Um, and this is coming. I got to disclaim this cause I don't want this coming back at me. Um, Nostradamus made predictions for this year and I stumbled on the video on YouTube and one of them, well, there was a lot of them, but one of them that really caught my eye is that the leader of Russia is going to be assassinated. And I'm, st I'm starting to see stories of that, like on infowars.com. And, um, I, I hope that's not true. I, I, I hope that doesn't come to pass because usually the person that replaces them is worse than the one that was there. And that concerns me, but I don't, I don't think at least in 2023, it's going to be a nuclear war. I think it was really close, uh, but we're going to continue to run into some challenges and tensions with China and Taiwan. Um, we just really need to get our nose out of other people's business, but that's not going to happen either. I think there's going to be more homeless people. I see it. That's not really a prediction. That's just going to continue to grow. I see families being destroyed even more. I seeing more oppression of people. I see us being treated, treated like we're really not essential to the elite. They don't need us. Not with AI robots and things like that. I still see a depopulation going on. And if you don't see that now, you're not paying attention. You're going to have to have some type of value or worth to these people, or you're just an expense. Uh, the Great Reset makes that pretty clear. I see people going off grid. I see people getting out of their big towns and cities. Uh, but then on the other hand, the people that are lemmings will flock to the cities. Because it, it, they're just going to make it too hard to live on your own or in rural farms and family structure. They're going to shove you in a, if you're lucky, a 500 square foot box. And uh, I see universal income coming in because that's how they're going to lure you. Oh, I know it's hard. Don't worry. We'll just give you a 2000 a month and you can live here. Uh, kind of like what they do to African-Americans and shove them in Section 8 and tell them to pop out kids and they have no future whatsoever. Or if you don't agree with that, which I don't care because it's true, uh, just go to an Indian reservation and see how that works out when you got the government intervening, thinking that they're going to take care of you and care about your livelihood because they don't. I only see what I see based on prior behavior. And that's what I see.
but I do see a lot of people finally waking up and going, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> what? And then why? And then figure it out for yourself. And I see a lot of division, even more, uh, before we see unity. I see a very good chance of a civil war. I hope to God that don't happen. Um, more dividing and conquering in the political arena. Uh, I, I, I think the vax unvax thing from what I'm hearing and what people are saying and their behavior, it's, that's not going to be, I think that kind of backfired on them. I don't think that's going to be a problem anymore. Only by what I'm seeing and what people are saying. Like for instance, I stopped last night and got a quick drink and I, and I put it on this table that a bunch of people were sitting at temporarily. And this one woman says to me, Oh, is that for us? And I said, yeah, if y'all can share it, you know, and oh, then we'll be sharing our germs. And then she goes, but I really don't care. And then everybody else said the same thing. And I said, why well, I'm not letting that stop me germs. So the whole thing of, God forbid you're six foot in front of somebody or around them and, and you're not wearing a mask. Um, some people are still believing that that's effective. Uh, and it's to the point where just people argumentative effective or not, they just not going to let that dictate their life. So it's gone. It's leapfrog past the, Oh, you're, you're not wearing a mask and you want to kill people and you're an asshole and you need to get a vaccination and you're trying to kill everybody. Uh, it, it's gone and jumped and leapfrogged over that too. You know what? I'm just not going to let that dictate my life. Nor should it. So I see that happening. And, and then eventually down the road, I see people finally bonding together. I see more domestic terrorist titles. If you don't comply and agree with what the government's doing, then you're a problem. Um, I see that worsening. Um, I said, I want to get into politics, but I, I do see DeSantis running. Uh, the problem is, or not the problem, the situation is DeSantis and Trump, how I understand it, can't run against each other because they're from the same state with residency. So that's going to be interesting because Trump doesn't back down. I, I would actually see him move for residency so he could be on the ballot against DeSantis or, you know, for the Republican nomination. Um, I see party affiliation dwindling. Because people are going to go, wait a minute, that ain't right. Well, yeah, but that's what we do. I don't give a shit what you do. That's not right. And, and I think people are going to back off of their do or die political platform from tribalism to doing the right thing, um, which is either I'm an independent libertarian or some of these other new parties coming out because I just think people have had enough. 
because if you don't comply, it's as bad as religion. I think it's like, wait, wait a minute. I got to do this and I'll go to heaven as you do the total opposite behind closed doors is an organization. No, there's something wrong with this. And, and that's what you should be saying. Tribalism. Um, it it's good if it's actually a tribe and it's unity for the better of all and not one, but they just take it and flip it. And, and then they use it against you. Uh, because you're stupid enough to be tribal and and that's not the right word trusting you're you're trusting enough well you know i don't agree with everything the republicans do or the democrats but you know what it's the best choice as far as i'm concerned that we got so you got my vote uh but then they take it and they shove it in your ass and they don't care and that's not gonna work i think people are gonna wake up more and more and go that's fucked up man I don't agree with that and start looking for things that you do agree with. I, I see uh, hydroponics and disclaimer. I was told this was going to happen. So I really can't say this is me, but it makes sense. I, I think people are home gardening, being self providing self sustainable. Uh, even if it means buying a plot of land and living in a tent, uh, I see more people flocking to unpopulated areas, Montana, South Dakota, um, Wyoming, uh, possibly uh, Utah. The, the less populated states are going to be, especially the ones that are very open and encourage you to live that lifestyle and not punish you for it, uh, grow. And then having your own garden, maybe your own farm at farm, uh, that's going to increase. It has to, it just has to. Uh, and I think it will. And then I think, um, we're going to go back in the time machine and I'm watching the show 1924 right now or 23, 1923. One of those, uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Miriam, I think her name is, I just watched while well, it, I'm going to give you a, a really big heads up on this one. It's pissing me off. You got the Catholic nuns treating the captive Indian women that are young and indoctrinating them to the point that if they don't comply, they beat them and they throw them in solitary confinement. If you retaliate and pound the piss out of a nun for beating the shit out of you, uh, which you know what? If you don't want to get hit, don't hit me. But but it's going back to that indoctrination, which is horrible. Uh, but more importantly, it, it's the American dream and people fighting for what they are declaring theirs um, by property rights, by getting there first and defending it from generations, which leads into the Yellowstone series, which I'm... I'm not going to say I'm not a fan, but I, I, I'm not, I don't watch it that much. I've watched some of it, uh, but this is like the prequel. It was 1923 and then 1883 with Sam Elliott. Uh, so they're like playing Quentin Tarantino and going back in time. But, but I think 
all that's going to come back. Hopefully, God forbid, any religious indoctrination and oppression of people. Um, I think that's going to come back, but in this day and age, I mean, it's going to be up to you guys. It, if people won't fit in, the Amish are already getting attacked. I don't know if you know that. And they're not hurting anybody. So they're getting attacked for their lifestyle when they're just trying to mind their own business. And from what I know, that society was created because of all the crap what happened with World War II. And they're just like, we don't want to participate in this shit. We're just going to have our own little world. But if people don't fit into your own little world and you cast them out or oppress them or treated, treat them like shit, you better think twice. Because it's not, it's not going to, I believe in rule of law and governance, but not to the point that if you don't obey, you're cast out that, um, or you're going to be reeducated or indoctrinated to fit into our ways. I don't believe in that. And I never will. That's taking your freedom from you. And that's not right. If you don't comply, you die. And that's what happens to these people. Or they're all gathered up and shoved on a reservation and told to shut up and uh, give this false illusion by having casinos and things of that nature that they can actually be successful when, in fact, it's keeping them in compliance. And it's very sad. You don't treat people like that. But I, but I do see the resurgence of people saying, I give up for fuck this. We're starting over me and my family or even me alone are going out and I'm starting over and hitting a reset button. And I know what works cause I seen it. And that's how people in this country became great is basically by acquiring land, which is questionable in the methods. However, it did, for the most part, there's some big faults. The religion one and indoctrination is in treating people, indigenous people, like they're pieces of shit. Uh, that cannot be repeated. Everybody should be welcomed and their, and their different ways should be respected and then assimilated. And if that happens, then it's going to be a new beginning but I do see people going off grid starting over. Fuck you. I'm going to buy 40 acres of land and live my life and not participate in this madness. I see that happening more and more. I know it's happening now. Like Tim, that's happening already. Eh, well, I know, but it's going to happen more and being self-sustaining and hydroponics and farms and it's going to go back to the 1900s or late 1800s or even before where how this country was um, invaded, <laughs> quite honestly, and uh, taken over and uh, then starting from scratch by subtle settlers. And I use that term loosely. We're all going to have to realize nobody's better than anybody else. And if you were blessed by God and hard work 
and you've acquired to the state of elitism in less than 1%, and now you think you know what's good for everybody, oh, so this, then you're the problem. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. You are no better than anybody else. Just because you have the insight or even manipulation or political favors to get to the level that you're at, and now there's no other reason to exist than obtain complete control because you're a coward and you're afraid to lose that control and you're keeping your retention by fear, lying and manipulation. Last thing I'm going to say, probably not, but shit keeps popping in my head. Okay. So the whole global warming thing. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. This is what I propose. Everybody is basing global warming on temperature. Correct? Okay. Now, being in the heating and air conditioning business and the laws of thermodynamics and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to make you think. So watch out. Okay. This isn't about whether it exists or not. 